Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2017. This is Stuart talking about Steps 8 and 9. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, my name's Stuart, I'm an alcoholic. It's great to be here, you know, it's great to see all um, people getting together and, um, you know, working through their, their, um, their past and making, you know, becoming better within themselves and um, within others, you know, it's great. Um, so step eight, make, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So for me, step eight and nine are social house cleaning steps. Just a step four is my personal house cleaning. In step, in step eight, I'm setting out on a journey to clean up the damaged relationships, the pockets of guilt, pain, fear and resentment and sadness that are locked up inside me. All these things are part of my shameful past deeds. And so the word shameful past deeds that I've used, what do they mean to me? So, and I think the word integrity has a lot to do with, with that. So, and I understand integrity to be the, the ability for me to run my life based on my own personal values. And what alcoholism does to me is it turns me into a person who disregards these values. Values like family and respect to others, honesty and loyalty, compassion and friendship and empathy. They all go out the door, you know. And it's, it's uh, when I pick up a drink, that, that I don't care about those things, you know. I don't, it's all about me. I'm very selfish and I'm very um, undisciplined, you know. And what that does um, when, I have, uh, when I have untreated alcoholism, it destroys my integrity, you know. And, and that destroys the very core of myself and causes me to withdraw from life and um, it causes me to hate the person I've become, you know. So the eighth step is about identifying the damage that I've caused in my life. Whether I caused it because I was overtaken by rage carelessness or because I was afraid, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether my actions were based on selfishness, arrogance, dishonesty or other defects. It doesn't even matter if I didn't intend to cause harm to somebody else. But what I know for sure, that is if I I don't deal with these things, they will block me from loving others, myself and God. And eventually, my fate will be one of self-hate and loneliness. You know, so, so for me, I've got to deal with this stuff. Otherwise, life gets very difficult for me. Um, so I've got to put in that discipline every day to, 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 to do something that's AA-related. Um, so in step eight, we need to make a list of the persons that I've harmed... So I needed to go back to my step four list and and consider a few things. I needed to consider the memories of all the harm that I've done, the thoughts about all those harms, the feelings about those harms and and the potential amends that I could make for the harms that that I'd caused to other people. I always had to be ready to accept 
that some of the harm I caused may not be able to be repaired. I had to be ready to accept that it may not be possible to directly make amends to people. It may even turn out that I'm not responsible for something that's on my list of harms. So I sat down with my sponsor and she helped me sort out all of these things and identify the people that I had to make amends to. For me, the idea of facing the people who I thought were the cause of my problems is, is absolutely terrifying. You know? Some of the people involved were the last people on the face of the planet I ever wanted to see again. The idea that I was to contact them again I found extremely hard. And it's easy to see why this is one of the times that a lot of people get disconnected with AA. They run away from fear, you know, because it's tough. This is the bit where you have to get out there and do some stuff with other people, you know. Before step eight and nine, it's all about you, 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 what's inside. You're working on what's inside and getting all the stuff down. Now we've got to go out there and actually um, talk, talk to other people about, about my behaviour. That's really difficult for me. But, you know, using the gift of desperation and having an awesome sponsor and a worldly God, I pressed on into step nine. Look, I still had fear, you know, but my determination and my faith and my motivation keep me going. You know, I can't say, you know, look, step eight, step eight didn't wipe away the fear of what I was about to achieve and what, what I was about to do. I was shit scared, you know. About, about, about going to see people that, that, that I thought had caused my problems. You know, I blame them. My sponsor told me to buy some cards from the news agency, you know, and, um, and I did. She then told me to write down the person's name, address, phone number and the harm that I'd done to them. She then told me to put a plus or a minus sign on the top right-hand side to whether I'm willing or unwilling to make the amends. And I did all of this. So we sat down with about 20 cards and my sponsor helped me put them in an order. The amends I was most willing to do were at the front of my pile. Um, and, you know, the ones I, I didn't even want to know about were at the back. I didn't even want them to be in the list, to be honest. My sponsor guided me through the considerations and I was ready to get stuck into step nine. So step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except where to do so would injure them or others. First of all, I want to um, tell you what my life was like before I went through step nine. Okay. I never answered my phone. I had fears of calls from people like debt collectors or the sheriff's department or old friends that were calling me to settle a score for my past. I wouldn't drive through certain suburbs like Baldwin or streets of Paran with fear of running into someone that I had resentment on. You know, I'd see that person, yeah, so, I'd, so I wouldn't go up Waddles Road through Baldwin, I'd go round, because that's where I knew this person would frequent. You know, I owed him money. I had a massive fear of answering a knock at my door. You know, as soon as I heard that knock, my anxiety would go up. Here's someone coming, coming around to, to collect something. I never drove my car without looking over my shoulder. If I saw a police car, I would get ready to dart down a side street in, a fe in fear of an old warrant that may come to haunt me. 
letters in the mail from the taxation office or had no addressee, I would throw into the bin unopened. You know, I didn't want to know about them and that was my way of dealing with life. I just put them away. I made my phone number silent and pushed my, all my assets into my wife's name. I never went to supermarkets unless I absolutely had to, in case I might meet someone there. So that's not a very good life to live. That's a life of fear. Basically, I was in fear the whole time. I had a monkey on my back and I was desperate to have it removed. I was suffering from untreated alcoholism. I knew that I was destined to drink again if, I, if something didn't change. No. Like, living a life like that, like, something's got to shut it down. You know? And the way, I, the way I shut down fear is I have alcohol. It self-medicates me. It's my antidepressant. You know? Step 8 had given me an open mind and faith, but I was still scared. I spoke to my sponsor and connected with my higher power, which, which helped me at this stage. I needed to have a good idea going into my amends about what I needed to say to accomplish and accomplish. Most importantly, I needed to own my side of the fence without pointing the finger of blame to the person I had injured and I needed to act in a responsible manner. I needed to be open to any response I got when I made these amends and had to be ready to accept their response without becoming angry or aggressive. I was not there to manipulate them into forgiving me and in order to make each amends work, I needed to purge my bad feelings towards the person before each meeting. I had to remind myself that I was only there to talk about my own behaviour and not theirs. I was also told by my sponsor not to take the other person by surprise. They had the right to know that I was what I was doing, I was doing amends before I had started and the right to refuse to let me do that. If this was to happen, I needed to be ready to leave with an, an open invitation to talk whenever and wherever they might feel comfortable any time in the future. So that's the willingness to do this, you know. That's the secret, I think, is I had to be willing to do it, even if the other person wasn't willing to listen to me because, you know, they were still angry with me and still had emotions... I, I, I think the key was that I'm ready to do that at any time in the future that they're ready, if that, if that did occur. So what I did, I, um, I made a format for myself on my iPhone in my notes section before each amends of, of, of what I had to do because it was a very nervous time for me, these amends, you know, like I get very wound up and have a lot of fear. So you know, when, I, when, when I have a lot of fear... I, I can't cognitively function well, so I have to refer back to some type of structure. And, that, and this is what I have on my phone. Um, number one, approach the other person in a polite and respectful way. Number two, tell the person why I'm there. E.g., I've, I've been involved in a spiritual program for the last two years. And a part of that program is that I look back through my life at any selfishness and dishonesty th- and dishonesty and things that I've done. And a big part of this program that I'm doing is that I have to go to the people that I've harmed and make amends so I can stay sober one day at a time. Three, explain the way that you've harmed them. So I would do that. Four, ask the person, is there anything else that I did 
that hurt you. And then shut up and listen and not interrupt. I think that's really important. Then after that, five, I had the, I think this is the most important question. What do I need to do to make this right between me and you? And then six, I had discuss an arrangement to make the amends work. So I had that on my phone and I did refer to that during my amends. Now I'm just going to share with you, um, um, I might be able to get through two of the amends that I made. Um, so we got, I talked to my sponsor and I got my cards going and I had the amends I wanted to make at the front and it was a next door neighbour of mine and we'll just call her Lynn for, 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 for sake for sake of anonymity. So, so she was up the road and I moved into an estate um, with about 30 units and um, when I moved in there I was just recovering and I had you know, my two children and my family and we moved in and um, I put up a basketball ring at the front you know, to make my kids you know, enjoy the place and encourage them to play out at the front of the house. Anyway, I got a letter in the mail and it said, um, it told me that my children weren't allowed to play at the front of my house. You know? And for me, that's a fantastic Australian tradition. You know, When I was a kid and grew up, I, uh, I loved playing outside with friends, you know, mates in the street, kicking the footy, playing chasey, you know, socialising. I think that's something that, that we lack in our society at the moment. So, so this was one of those values that was very strong to me. And I was very hurt by being told my children weren't allowed to play at the front of the, front of, in the street my house. So eventually I got down to who was driving this, um, just, just by asking around. So I got a bit of a cold. And it, was, it happened to be Lynn up the corner there, you know. And I hadn't met her yet, but I knew what she looked like. <laughs> and um, she'd been pointed out to me. Anyway, so I, um, I work on the road. I, 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 I was busting for the toilet. I came home and I parked my van out the front and uh, ran to go to the toilet. When I came out, there was Lynn next to my car. And um, I... Uh, so I knew who she was, and she said, you can't park your car there. And I just parked it out in the street, and um, I walked right up to her, and I stood that far from her face, and I said, who are you? And I'm a pretty big bloke. She's small. And she said, um, oh, I'm on the um, committee here. And I said, where do you live? And, and then she just um, ran away in fear, you know. And I thought I'd, I, I taught her a lesson, you know. I taught that lady a lesson, you know. So I had some um, amends to make because my behaviour was inappropriate and I'd threatened her, you know. And I really, like, had a hatred to her because of if she'd stopped my children from playing, playing in the front street. So, you know, I had these cards and I had Lynn on the front there. And so here am I. I've discussed with my sponsor and I'm, I'm, I'm going up to knock on her front door. And I've got this script in. You know, this is my first amends. You know, I'm on the way there and I'm walking up to her front door and, and my sponsor had told me, you know, just think of them, think of these people as children of God. So I'm walking up there and going... Going, I'm going to make amends. No, no, no. I, I was thinking, she's a child of God. She's a child of. She's a bitch. She's a bitch. 
She's a child of God. She's a, and I'm sort of getting closer and closer. She's got a bitch. I knocked on the front door and uh, out came Lynn, you know, and I said, look, you know, um, the reason why I'm here is I've been involved in a spiritual program and uh, part of that program is to make amends to people and um, I'm here to make amends to you. I said to you, my behaviour um, in the street, I said, do you remember the time that you walked up to me in the street and I had my van parked out the front? I just want to say, look, my behaviour was inappropriate. I'm here to, to, to say, look, um, that, that wasn't appropriate and I'm, I'm sorry for being intimidating to you. And um, is there anything else that, you, you know, that I've done to, to hurt you and um, stuff like that? And then I shut up. I listened. I always get emotional when I uh, say this bit and... And what she said to me, just like, it, it, it hit me for six, you know. She said to me, she said, um, she said, as a, as, a, as a child I was abused by my father. And she said, uh, we've been trying to have kids for many years. And we're unable to have children. And... And that hit me for six. And I realised that that was a person that was just like me, that was battling through life. And my idea of her as a horrible person was completely banished. And, um, and we cried. And we embraced. And I said to her, what can I do to make it right? She said, look, I just want to be friends with you. you know. and, that, and that moment in time, I had a spiritual awakening, I did. I understood what this program was about. And before that, I used to walk out my front door and I used to look for Lynn with hatred. I didn't speak to anybody in, in, in that complex, not in the street there. But now, I walk out that door, I look for Lynn, and she walks her dog in the morning and we chat. We chat about the weather, we chat about life. And that's my means, to stay friends with somebody and talk to her and just relate to her in a, in a respectful way. Right. Now, I think... I think step nine is an amazing step, you know. It, it, it's one that changed my life and changed the way I look at life and look at other people. And it humbled me completely, you know. And, um, and I'm a different person for it. And you know, I just want to thank you for letting me come. And, you know, it's been great being here and time's up. So thanks for listening. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.